Hello everyone and welcome to the Christmas special episode of the Kent Nodley podcast. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, I think Matt's got more important things to do uh, on Wednesday lunchtime, but this is our last show before Christmas, seven days to go until the big fella, well he'll have been by now and you'll all have all your presents, so how exciting. Um, I am John Phipps as always and on the phone now is Matt Gerrard. Matt, are you excited? Yeah, I, yeah, Christmas. My wife finished work today, so um, yes, yeah, so we're getting in the uh, the Christmas spirit. Seven days to go, the kids probably can't cope. They finish school very shortly as well, so uh, not that they seem to do a lot these days. Or, oh, I think the whole of December is either plays, parties, uh, and basically watching videos. So uh, if we can go back to school, that will be um, a very enjoyable time, because I think they've had quite a nice time. Don't seem to go to school uniform as well in December, because every other day you, know, you can wear your party clothes so yeah Christmas jumpers well we had that uh, Friday at work yeah Christmas jumper day so uh, on that and I think I might might bring it out again before the end of the week before I finish work as well yeah yeah it's quite a uh, yeah festive festive thing it's uh, yeah I'm quite festive so it, we, it's nice when I finish work to get 10 days off over Christmas so that's nice and I've already started eating a lot of food because we've been bringing so much food in at work so no more um, samosas which has been disappointing but plenty of basically crisp pate and stuff that's not good for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're just uh, about three quarters of the way through a, a tub of heroes here. Um, and we've had a couple uh, of... What bits. is your favourite hero? Uh, heroes, it's difficult. I probably would go for a whisper, actually, of the heroes. but oh, if, if underrated you, chocolate. Yeah, if you're talking celebrations, then it's all about the Maltesers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm still a bit of a, a Quality Street fan, to be honest. But I used to love the long little yellow toffee ones. But they they used to be a decent size, but these days it's pathetic the size from that and the strawberry ones as well. But um, but there's plenty of good chocolates out there these days, isn't there? So yeah, I do I do like um I do like a fudge really as well. To be honest, so uh, from there and they're normally the ones that are left over because people don't like them. But um, yeah, any sort of chocolates as well. And I, and I did that for a Christmas meal on Saturday. Uh, one of my friends uh, ordered the fish, doesn't like fish, and I I don't know if you would do this or. It, I swapped my own dinner so he could eat something because he couldn't. I don't know why he ordered fish for some stupid reason. Doesn't eat fish, so he got his fish and said, well, "I don't eat fish." So I gave up my venison burger, which I was looking forward to, to have fish. So would would you do that for one of your friends? Because he was quite impressed that I was willing to do it. I probably would, and and actually, uh, your friend who will remain anonymous actually did send me a message when he got in on Saturday night saying that uh, could I please big up my co-presenter on next week's podcast because he went out for dinner with you and a group of friends and there was a cock up with the pre-order and he ended uh, up with cod uh, and he hates cod. I think, I think he just had a brain freeze or something and decided I'll have cod then realised when he got to the restaurant I don't actually eat fish so <laughs> I don't know what he thought it was but um, to be honest the cod was very nice it was a very nice restaurant we went he, to as well so, he did uh, say, so yeah basically I took one for the team there really so uh, he uh, said, well it was nice of him to pick, you up, pick me up in front of you without hesitation he swapped the plates over and gave me his burger which he had been looking forward to all day I, I hadn't eaten all day as well so because I'd been at football and I don't really eat much I don't eat at football grounds but that's, another, that's another episode we could have what was the worst thing you've ever done at football ground? But I don't eat at football ground. So um, uh, from that point of view, yeah. So yeah, I've did my bit for um, people less fortunate than ourselves who otherwise he'd have sat there looking at not eating anything. So yeah. So Merry Christmas to him out there. And hopefully next time you go out for a Christmas meal, make sure you eat, you order something that you actually can eat. Well, exactly. That's very true. He also said that apparently, Matt, the other rumour is that um, 
the waitress, the waitress there overheard you talking about the bridge, and uh, she said she was studying at school, and apparently you wouldn't leave her alone and kept playing the theme tune. Yes, that, that was the. Everywhere I go, I do my obsession with the bridge is known. If you listen to this podcast before, and she was serving, it, and she said, "Oh, I'm studying that," and, and I got into a long conversation, and I, as this is my ringtone, I showed her the ringtone and told her, talked her through the episodes, etc., like that. Of various things. So, yeah, if anybody is out there and they meet me and they say, oh, I've watched The Bridge, you'll never probably um, lose me again from that. But I have been watching new programmes, one that was recommended by Oliver Ash, Money Heist, I mentioned that last week, very good Spanish drama, enjoying that. Twists and turns. So we're near about to finish the first series. I don't know how it's going to end. And also, John, on the football-related one, I've been watching Sunderland Till I Die. Have you heard about this one? I've heard about it, yeah, but I haven't got the uh, the package that uh, would provide it to my television. So, uh, no, not been watching it. But um, I've read a few people saying it's much more enjoyable than the, the Man City one because it's much more fun to watch a team losing. Yeah, I've seen four episodes up to this point And at the moment, Chris Coleman's come on. He's won two games. Uh, again, if you don't know the uh, history of Sunderland last season, I won't spoil it. And <laughs> as he sort of, as he's pumped his hand, his hands to the Sunderland fans, who haven't won many games. Basically, they think he's the next. Well, I was going to say Jose Mourinho. You don't want to say that now. The, the greatest manager. So at the moment, at Christmas this time last year, oh, sorry, I could score it. I'm watching Solihull v Blackpool as well. So I was on that. Sorry, but yeah, basically, they think he's the greatest manager in the world. But um. I'm not to let give it away. He's not going to be the greatest manager in the world, so I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, it's a good one because you know, like the Man City one when they pummeled in everybody eight 0 it was pretty easy to, yeah, to to gloss over it. But these aren't particularly good times for Sunderland, so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm quite enjoying that at the moment. Excellent. Well, yeah, just we are recording this on Tuesday evening, so we are actually keeping up to date with what's going on in the games tonight. It's about twenty to ten uh, at the moment, and we're uh, Maidstone are in ex- uh, in stoppage time, and they are two two with Woking in their FA Trophy replay. And I went on earlier to see how Dover were getting on that, but apparently that game's been called off in the FA Trophy. Yes, um, again, I think there's pretty been pretty poor weather down in uh, Haven, and Haven's pitch is not too good. And I don't think um, either side were too um, disappointed it's been called off. It's been around for the 8th of January after the game on Saturday, which was played in absolute monsoon conditions. But uh, Dover got Harrogate in the next round. It could be that 8th of January, the weather's going to be even worse. So it could be that game could be played on a Saturday probably at certain times. But uh, uh, yes, that's Dover's game is off, which I don't think anybody's too disappointed about. No, um before we get get on to actually talking about the rest of the football, um, obviously Christmas time. How does a Gerard family Christmas pan out? Uh, we go to uh, my mother-in-law's on Christmas. Well, Christmas Eve, we'll go to Chris Dingle at the local church, which is very enjoyable with plenty of uh, Christmas carols, um, etc. Like that. Then we'll come home. I saw there was a decent program on Christmas Eve. I think Mary Poppins. There's a new Mary Poppins films coming out. John, did you know that? Cool, blimey. Yes, well, Dick Van Dyke apparently is in it, so um, we will probably uh, watch that. And then kids will go to bed at normal time. They will be awake for about three hours because they'll be desperate for Father Christmas to come. Um, so, so we'll all have to stay up for that. So wait till the big man comes down the chimney, whatever that will be, when we've all fallen asleep. And then we go to my mother-in-law's on Christmas Day, Boxing Day to my mum's. We will be up early, Sarah and I go to the, the Canterbury sales day after Boxing Day, then we come back and various things. Basically, it's between my parents and Sarah's parents. And we've got the panto 
as well. But that's on the thirtieth. So yeah, busy, busy time. So uh, you're looking forward to it. And yourself, John? What's have you any guests in on Christmas Day? Oh, do you know what we actually have? We've got one couple in. Uh, they arrive on Sunday and they're going on Boxing Day. Um, I, in terms of our Christmas, it's going to be a little bit of a. Um, a quiet one, really. My mum and dad are coming down this weekend on Saturday and they're staying till Monday. Then they're clearing off. They're going to Spain very early on Christmas Day. So Feliz Navidad to them. Um, and then so on Christmas Day, the plan is do the breakfast for these people if they want it. Um, and then there's a, a carol service down at the bandstand. So we're going to stroll down there. Oh, very nice. And do that. Then probably stop off at our local pub, have a couple of drinks. And we've already started uh, batch cooking the, the veg for our Christmas dinner. So it's just going to be a matter of doing some potatoes and a turkey, basically. And, and it's just the two of us. So that'd be very nice. Very, very, very nice. But what, what is the Christmas dinner? What do you have? Are you going full turkey or something different this year? Uh, no, it's all. It's got to be turkey. Um, yeah. We've got we've got a turkey crown. Um, nice. So we've got one ordered. Um, we'll be having roast potatoes, mashed potatoes, um, some sprouts that we've bought. Uh, I do love a sprout. Again, I do think sprouts are very underrated vegetable. Underrated chocolate. We mentioned whisper and underrated. Probably get, I think you can get chocolate sprouts. You can dip them in chocolate, can't you? Some people do that. You probably can, yeah. and then yeah, and red cabbage, cream spinach, um, carrots, and parsnips, and, and a nice bit of gravy. And it, it, it's a bit of a joint effort, but I suppose uh, Haley has to take the credit because she's the main cook when it comes to things like this. So, you will go. you be wearing a Christmas jumper or dressing up smartly? Um, I will be wearing a festive jumper. Um, I also have a, a range of festive shirts that I'll be wearing as well because nice, you know, nice. you've got to make. Make sure that you're doing your uh, your bits and pieces, and and making sure that you know people when they come to stay with us see the full festive experience. So what exactly, a treat! Exactly. For them. Yes. Well, well, well. What are they? Well, I'm not getting too delved into the private lives of your guests. Are they visiting friends and family? Who knows? We shall find out. Maybe they just oh. don't like their friends and family. Don't <laughs> like Christmas. Have decided to come to the seaside. And do you know what? Who would? Blame there must be there must be a Boxing Day dip in Eastbourne or something you can go into the sea as well. I thought. Yeah, I'll pass. Thanks. Um, there is a, there is a park <laughs> run though, so I might go and, uh, on Christmas Day. There's a park run. I don't know if Pegwell Bay's doing one, mate. Uh, no, I'm still I'm, I'm nursing an injury. I'm hoping that 2019 will bring me back. So early part of 2019, we want to be back fitness from that point of view. And I need to run off all this food I've been scoffing at work as well. So uh, I don't think my time will be particularly good. So. That's cool. But no, but that's that's what Christmas is all about. So have made st- well, as we've waffled on a bit here, John. Is there extra time at the Gallagher? Yes, it has gone to extra time. And I can tell you that Matt, quickly before we move on, this is the last bit of non football drivel. Um there will be a park run at ten o'clock on New Year's Day at Pegwell Bay, if you fancy uh, starting twenty nineteen off on the right foot. Uh, uh, gotta go to foot mm, mm, uh, middle to middle of January, John. So I don't think I'll be doing that. Okay. And I don't thought I'll be doing much on New Year's, so but um, no, 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 no. Right. Okay, then. So, we'll talk about football then, as Maidstone have gone into extra time in their game against Woking. Um, winnable tie for them in the next round as well, uh, the Stones, if they get through that one. Um, but, uh, as we've already discussed, Dover's game was called off against Havant and Waterloo with their replay after a 2-2 draw on Saturday. Ibsfleet went out to Dagenham Redbridge on Saturday and Bromley, they made it through. The only Kent team to actually make it through at the first attempt on Saturday beat Sutton and their reward was a return trip to Spennymoor where they went about five times in the quarterfinals last year. So um, not ideal for Bromley that, but they'll be pleased to have got through a, a tricky game against Sutton. Yeah, when I saw them 1-0 down, I thought, um, that's a, you know, could they have the character to come back? But particularly at home, they've got that character to, to come back against sides. So I think that's it. 
a decent result there. I think Spennymore doing really well in their conference north. Um, uh, from that's a tough tie up there. Um, again, early January. Got a funny feeling when you get they'll go up there and it'll be called off before. And they've had this before, haven't we? So from last time, so um, yeah, I think uh, it's a pleasing win. I think uh, they've been under pressure a little bit, Neil Smith. If they'd gone out of the trophy after they got to the final last year. You know, got problems, you know, sides catching them up. I think um, that was probably a big three points for Bromley. Well, not big three points, a big way to get into the next round of the Cup for Bromley. Hopefully they can kickstart their season, but they are decent at home. And I'm sure they're a little bit disappointed they're not um, playing Spennymore at, uh, at, at Hayes Lane. Yeah, and uh, Dover then on Saturday. I mean, obviously we can talk about it freely now as there's no replay this week. 2-2 um, draw, what did you make of it? Um, the conditions were absolutely appalling. Uh, the weather was probably that. the good one of the bonus things I got it. The, the Dover's pitch, which they relayed in the summer for you know, extortionate cost, um, really were, behaved really well. You wouldn't have known there was uh, uh, any issues with it. I think maybe previous seasons that would have been uh, abandoned because uh, uh, of the incessant rain. Uh, Dover were thought the better side in the first half. Didn't. You know, they rested a number of players, people like Lewis wasn't involved, etc. like that, and gave Effing on the bench. Uh, deserved to get back into it. And I thought when Davis won all, I thought they only won team in it. Alfie Rutherford, who was impressive for having their main striker, uh, scored a good goal within Dover. Last kick of the game, cross-come shot, Anthony Jeffrey got the equaliser. So they're still in the hat. Game was, disappoint- game was off, as we said. Don't think either side would be too disappointed with that. And now you've got five league games between um, now and then. David do well in those league games. Maybe the trophy could become more of a priority if they move away from the relegation zone or move out of the relegation zone. Now, I've got to be honest, admit I didn't realise that the second round wasn't regionalised until I saw that uh, what was waiting was a tie against uh, Harrogate Town and, and Woking or Maidstone. Uh, that game still in extra time. They will play Mainhead or Oxford City at home. And as we've already mentioned, Bromley have that long old trip to Spennymore. But Harrogate Town is not an ideal tie for either of those teams, is it? To, to, to have waiting for them when they get through. But then will Harrogate fancy it down here on a Saturday in January? No. OK, Harrogate may have bigger fish to fry, but there's a lot of sides going out of this competition we saw. So I think Aldershot played the kids and lost 7-0, I think, tonight. So... I think that's a bit of a death knell to the competition in some ways. Somebody texted you earlier, the FA Trophy, when Dover got to the semi-finals back 20-odd years ago, the excitement going around the town was amazing, but the Trophy doesn't really have that sort of pull now. But um, Well, what about Needham Market then, Matt, who uh, drew with Weymouth on Saturday and then decided that rather than bother with the replay, they were just going to pull out the competition. I mean, that is a real, a real sign that the FA Trophy, for clubs at that level... Is is nothing, is it? When did they? Um, when did they? Why did they pull out for that then? They just, well, the, there was a statement on Weymouth's website earlier, and it is on the website, uh, the FA website. That it is a walkover. The Needham Market have pulled out of the competition, and yeah, it's uh, they basically said. I'm just going to read very quickly. They pulled out the FA Trophy this morning. This is a story from a local paper over in Norfolk. The game was postponed on Saturday, just 90 minutes before kickoff, due to heavy and incessant rain leading to Waterlog pitch. We'll talk about that later on. Wilkins men had travelled down to Dorset the previous night and were at the stadium when the game was called off. And the match was rescheduled for um, this evening, Tuesday, which Needham Market felt was unreasonable given the fact that their players would again have to request time off work from their employers at very short notice. They wanted the game to be played on, sat- uh, on a Saturday, but the FA turned down the request and the Needham Market said they've been forced to withdraw. So. Um, 
Not so great. That, they were supposed to play yesterday, were they? They were supposed to play Saturday. It was called oh, off. Right. They were supposed to play yeah. Tuesday night. So. Oh, I see. Oh, right. You know, I think the FA should probably give them a bit of respect there, Needham Market. Um, I think that's the FA have really let themselves down. And I think of Needham Market. Not many. If they if they want their competition to have a bit of, you know, credence, uh, give Needham Market a chance. I know the FA Vars you can play on a Saturday from that. I know. If the, if the FA, well, maybe they should move the rounds a little bit earlier ahead of the Christmas period from that point of view. But I, I feel sorry for Needham Market and makes a travesty of the competition as well. And I, I fully agree with what they've said, Needham Market, on this sort of thing that, you know, you can't, if you didn't want to play it, if you want to move it to later on or after Christmas, do it from there. But that, that seems very harsh on the FA of checking them out. And I'm sorry the decisions they've made there. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, looking very... Looking ahead to Saturday uh, in the National League for our National League teams. Uh, Ebbsfleet have got a nice uh, short jaunt just put on the Saturday before Christmas up to AFC Fylde. Uh, Maidstone are at home to Gateshead, another short journey there. Uh, Bromley at home to Maidenhead. And, and it looks here, Matt, that the viewers of BT Sport are going to be treated to a little bit of the Dover Whites. Is this correct? Yeah, Dover, yeah, half 12 kickoff. It is on Saturday at the Hive. I've been to the Hive before. Um... Funny little ground, funny little press area. So, yes, half 12 kickoff, Dover are live on BT Sports. So, of course, if you are listening to that game, of course, you may want to turn down the television commentary and listen to me on BBC Radio Kent online on the, through the BBC Sounds app, doing a bit of cross cross promotion there. And you can listen to the game from there. Yeah, so early start for Dover on BT. So they could be, I think, Dover, if they win that game, they could be outside the relegation zone before the three o'clock kickoff. So, I could be celebrating Christmas early on Saturday, hopefully, fingers crossed. And one of Andy Hesson Tyler's former clubs as well? Well, there's numerous sides that could be Andy Hesson Tyler's former clubs. So, yeah, he's played at Barnet. I think he's he coached there. He's been there before. So, uh, him and John Steele probably go back a long way as well. So, uh, yeah, difficult one, Barnet. Um, league form hasn't been too good recently. So, uh, and Dover's form has gone. I'm sure the seven changes that Dover made in the FA Trophy on Saturday, all of those seven players who dropped out will probably come into the side. I, thought, I would have thought not many uh, did anybody do any favours Pavey did a decent job be interesting if he comes in for Jamie Allen who wasn't available uh, but I'm sure Effie will come in Lewis definitely will and I'm sure Mitch Walker returning in goal as well so um, yeah and of course Ricky Modest returned to Dover which is a good Ricky Modest a good player um, you know what you're going to get out of him he's back as well so Dover got quite a big squad so they've got a few players gone on loan a few, a few more players may go out on loan as well yeah, um, and also we're not going to be doing the show um, before Boxing Day. So, um, Boxing Day, one derby game uh, as Dover hosts Maidstone United. Then Ebbsfleet are home to Braintree and Bromley go to Sutton. So, um, interesting games, those. Ebbsfleet will be confident of getting a win. Um, Bromley, they've just beaten Sutton in the trophy, so they'll be quite confident. And Dover-Maidstone is a massive game down the foot of that table, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure Andy Hestertal's probably at the game now, I expect. I know he's probably delighted that Mason have gone to extra time in, in, in that competition from there. Yeah, it's it, it, it's big for, for both parties. Um, it will be a sort of a strange game because half of Maidstone have played for Dover and half of Dover have played for Maidstone. So I'm expecting a, a fiery competitive game and it's which side can put down the marker. I think Dover will be pleased their home first game, like they've been the last uh, two seasons as well. But uh, I don't think they've actually beaten Maidstone. I think there have been draws at Crabble the last two seasons as well. So um, uh, they'll be looking to, to do one better there. But it definitely um, it could it'll boost somebody's season or maybe derail it. So uh, probably what you don't want there is a draw from either side. So both sides have got to go out and win that game. 
Yeah, it should be a, a thriller, and I'm sure I'll be tuning in uh, to the Sports Hub to hear what's going on in that one. Uh, moving on now, we've got a couple of interviews for you this week, and here is the first of them. Uh, earlier on today, while I was in the middle of wrapping Christmas presents, I caught up with Dartford Joint Manager Jamie Coyle. Um, darts are finding their feet, I would sound to Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan, up into the playoff places. They had the weekend off, and um, they've got Hungerford on Saturday before they've travelled to his former club, Welling, on Boxing Day. And I thought it was a good chance to see how, how Jamie's getting on. So here he is, Jamie Coyle. We obviously had a slow start to the season. Um, and we've had to make a number of changes in, in personnel. Players that we, we couldn't afford or, or get in pre-season. We've, we've been able to, you know, they've, they've gone off to the clubs where they've signed for and not quite played or, or it's not quite clicked for them. And, and we've had an opportunity to take them. And, and for example, the two boys from from Maystone in, in Coca and, and Winter that have come in and, and made a real big difference and you know they've had an impact on us moving up the table and, and, and our performances. How hard was it? I mean obviously a, a topical today because Jose Mourinho has been sacked and Manchester United have never managed to get over Alex Ferguson leaving. What, what was it like for you two filling in after Tony Berman had been there so long? You know, it was always going to be a difficult task because the, the expect, like, expectation levels, you know, of everyone around the club is is that we should be up there competing to to try and win the league. And um, obviously, Tony had massive success for fourteen years, and it was always going to be difficult, especially with the the players that we lost from last year. So obviously, Alfie Pavey moving on after scoring twenty eight goals for the club, and and, and Puri unfortunately breaking his leg in pre season. So, you know, we've had some real bad luck to to start with in terms of taking over the club and, and it was quite a late appointment as well so we um, we, we didn't have that much time to actually get a, get a team together and, and our recruitment was, was was tough And how's it working with Adam? It's been brilliant it's been, it's been really good obviously we had a we had a real good relationship when we played together and we were constantly in contact um, whether it was scouting reports of opposition last year when he was at Concord and I was at Welling um, and yeah we've had a we've had a, a real close um, relationship since we, we stopped playing with each other a few years ago and, and, it, and it's been really good it's been really good we both bring different strengths and um, expertise to, to the field of the manager and, it, and it's and it's really complements each other I always ask asking. I always like asking joint managers who has the final say on the team selection. It's, I don't think there is one, but there hasn't been a, a, a situation so far this season where we've we've disagreed on on a player, or a formation, or or anything that we've done. So it's um, it's. I think that there's a there's a huge reflection process that we go through, which I think helps um, with regards to decision making. You know, after every game. Um, we sit down, unfortunately it takes bloody two or three hours at times where you're constantly evaluating and looking at individual and collective performances and, and we always come to the the same the same end, end goal of, and, and decision that, you know, whether it's an individual player that plays or, or a different formation that we use. Obviously you've got Hungerford at home on Saturday, but before the busy Christmas period when you'll be facing your old club as well. Yeah, yeah, we've got, it's a, it's a real, really important time really. I mean, if we get through the Christmas period and into the new year and we're still in the playoffs I'll say that's a, that's a great success you know taking over as you said from Tony that's been brilliant and, and the, the changes that we've been forced to make and the changes that we've made coming into the club if, if we're uh, there or thereabouts in, in the playoffs at the end of, of Christmas after going you know we got well in twice who have started the year really well and are up there challenging for the title and 
you know, we've got East Farrow that are, have picked up some good results recently and obviously Hungerford. So, you know, the, the next four games are going to be really important. It'll be great to, to turn the year um, still in, in the top five or six and, and you know, cementing our place in the playoffs. And that's something that we can build on moving forward. And just finally, this league is brilliant. It's so tight. You can be from 11th to, to 4th in probably one or two wins. But what's the realistic aim for the rest of the season? Was we wanted to get into the playoffs, you know, that we, we really want to have an exciting end to the season and, and have something to play for at the end of it. There's nothing worse than, than being mid table and, and just play, you know, just playing out the rest of the, of the game towards the end of the season. We really want to want to be in the, in the playoffs and, and challenging and, and you know, taking a bit of momentum into the playoffs at the end of the year. And you know, we, we've still got a lot of improving to do, you know, it, we're by far from the, the finish article and, and where we need to get a bit more consistency with our individual and collective performances and, and if we do that and we had a little bit more of a cutting edge in the final third and, and put the ball away a little bit more than what we have done so far this season then, then I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have a success and we'll, we'll get in the playoffs. Not a lot really to add to that, is there, Matt? I think he's he's hit the nail on the head there where he said, you know, it was a slow start. It was difficult to come in after Tony Berman but now they're finding their feet. Yeah, I think, uh, as you mentioned there, some of the loan signings have been decent for them as well. Um, I think he, he's working on that. He's working with a bigger squad. Um, interesting to see how many players they've used this season. But yeah, I think he's settled in well uh, from that point of view. It's always going to be difficult taking from home from Tony Berman. We saw the day with Mourinho getting the boot. Man United never really faced Alex Ferguson. I think it was a good question you made about how difficult it will be. What are the expectations for Dartford? Maybe last season was the time to get promoted, but this season they go from there. And again, Christmas period for them. If they beat Welling twice, they're going to be right in the mix. So um, interesting times there. But good luck to Jamie Coyle from that. And I do, you know, I do like the manager, the joint manager. You know, you've answered the joint manager question to I think all the joint managers you've had on this job, but they're all very good. They always give the same sort of answer, don't they? I want some of them to have a proper punch-up about it. Yeah, we, I, say, I make the final decision, and I don't care what he says. It would be much better, wouldn't it? Yes, I think um, uh, it would maybe be the way forward, but you'd probably then have a Gerard Houllier, um and Roy Evans situation where they're pretty much, uh, one of them leaves pretty quickly. So uh, from that, it would be interesting to see how it goes on. I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on those games uh, with Welling. As I said, Dartford at home to Hungerford on Saturday. Welling go to Hemel Hempstead. Welling were beaten in the league in filthy conditions at Hampton Richmond on Saturday, just gone. And it's a one o'clock kickoff on Boxing Day, that game between Welling and Dartford. As it was last year, if I remember rightly, actually. And it finished in an absolute thriller because um, I was there covering it for Radio Kent. I believe it finished Welling 2, Dartford 3 with an absolute screamer from Alfie Pavey in the last minute. So if you're heading to Parkview Road on uh, Wednesday, the 26th of December, you may be in for a cracker. Yeah, I think yeah, that was a cracking goal from Pavey. I think it was... Didn't it go um, viral on that sort of goal from that situation? There's no love lost between those sides as well. And I'm sure... Um, the Welling fans will give Jamie Coyle a bit of a, a grief as well coming back to his old club. But yeah, again, a bit like the David Maystone games. Big. If, if Darfur can win it twice, they'll put some in the mix. If Welling win it twice, it may derails Darfur a little bit. So maybe I'm thinking these games will be draws because there's so much to lose for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I did mention with Jamie Coyle that league table, which is ridiculous because you've got Torquay top with 39, then Billericay one behind them, Woking one behind them, Welling on 34, so they're only five points off the top. Concord are on 34. Then you've got Chel- <coughs> Chelmsford on 32, Dartford and Hemel Hempstead on 31. 
Bath, Oxford, Wealdstone on the 30, Chippenham 29, Hampton, Richmond 28, St Albans City 27, Eastbourne Borough 27. So I make that seven points between 4th and 15th. What a ridiculous division that is. Yeah, I think Woking are playing um, Billericay this weekend, so some of these sides can make up some points if that's a draw. Yeah, it's a great competition. Torquay are the ones who've come from the pack to lead at the top of the table. Welling will be disappointed too. Two games uh, they've had sort of on their opposition as well. With Sam's not playing because of the cup, got a Torquay and games called off and against the Hampton. They'll be disappointed, Welling, because Welling could have made a mark and gone to the top of the table. But their away form has been okay, but it's the home form that's got them there. So a big few days of them. They're home on Saturday. It must be at home Saturday, Welling. Uh, no, they're away on Saturday. They are Again? away to Hemel Hempstead. Oh, it's a tough one because Hemel Hempstead are a decent side, aren't they? So. Um, um, of course, sort of knocks easily out of the uh, trophy. So, yeah, big, big, December's been a it's a big month for um, Welling, and they, they don't want to go on it with back of three defeats in the league because that could, uh, you know, derail it. Because we we know we still think that Welling could be a, a playoff side. Well, exactly. I, I think at the, at the very least, I think that they've got the potential to go high. And, and I can see actually, after speaking to Jamie Cole, I can see both of the Kent teams being in the playoffs this season. I think Dartford, the, the thing is with this division, because it is so tight, as I've just said, it's so tight. If you can go on a run after Christmas, you'll be absolutely flying. And, and there's no reason why Dartford can't be that team that have had a bit of a slower start and are just going to go and, and maybe go like Torquay have done. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a consistency, Dartford. My concern is the, the amount of players they've used this season and never had a solid uh, a solid side. You look at, you know, Woking have had a pretty solid side. Uh, Gary here, Gary Johnson's brought in a talk here with it. And it'll be interesting to see how Billericay cope now when they're losing half their squad. So, uh, and Welling, Welling have been pretty solid as well. They've had a few injury problems, but uh, he hasn't normally, Steve King brings in a lot of players in, but he hasn't done that much. So, yeah, interesting times ahead, I think, uh, People say that Christmas can make or break you, and it could do for either of these sides. Indeed. Into the Isthmian League, or the Bostic League Premier Division, uh, we will start with where on Saturday, Folkestone were 2-0 winners over Bishop Stortford. Um, Tumbridge Angels did not have a game, and I very nearly went up the road to watch Lewis against Margate. There was actually a conversation about if I was going to go, and I looked at the weather and I thought, Do you know what, I don't think I'll bother. And I'm pretty sure that all the Margate fans who made the long trip down to Lewis will be of the same mindset because they only lasted 26 minutes before that game was called off due to a waterlogged pitch at Lewis. And Margate in action on Tuesday night as well. They drew 0-0 at home to AFC Hornchurch. And they'll be frustrated there because it was an opportunity for them to, to get a bit of momentum because they're not playing much over Christmas, are they? They've got a game on Saturday and then nothing until New Year's Day. Yeah, I think the home form has been disappointing for them as well. Leading the reports about the Hornchurch game, it's 10 o'clock now. Uh, Margate did everything but in the back of the net, but they would be disappointed. The conditions probably weren't particularly good down there as well because it's been raining and done it uh, this evening again. Yeah, and again, Margate, I think they play Saturday and then they've got about 10 days off. So, good uh, maybe if you're a Margate player to have that little bit of break, but I think they want to, they need to play some gatches, get some momentum going. But it'd be nice for the, the Margate fans get a Christmas present and get a, a win before uh, the last home game. At least get a win because, again, they're not particularly happy when they don't win home matches. No, and I mean, not a great crowd there tonight, but you can kind of understand that in that weather because it, it will not have been very pleasant at Hartsdown Park, will it? <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. So, um, and I, how many, do you still have many people were there? So I'll give them maximum respect for those people doing that. Yeah, I think it was 300-odd um, 
can't quite see the actual stats in front of me. Uh, this weekend in the Bostick League Premier Division, um, it's Folkestone against Leatherhead and uh, Margate against Whitehawk, as discussed. And Tunbridge Angels, again, do not have a game. So that'll be two Saturdays running for them. Um, Why well, is that just because of fixture planning? Yeah, because the, the, the Isthmian League decided that no one would play on all four of the games. So then we've got fixtures on December the 22nd, December the 26th, December the 29th and January the 1st. And no one in the Kent non-league programme is playing more than twice in that period. Um, which is very strange. Some teams don't have a game on either Boxing Day or New Year's Day. Um, it's farcical. Margate don't have a game on the 26th or 29th. Folk, actually, Folkestone do play three times in those fixtures. They are the exception that proves the rule. Tunbridge Angels play on the 26th and 29th. So they've got two games in four days and nothing either side. Um, and we'll be talking now... Well, we'll move on now to talk about the, uh, the Bossity South East Division, where... On, over this weekend, on Saturday, there are just four games, five games on Saturday um, and one on Sunday. So the only teams from Kent playing on Saturday are Herne Bay against Hyde and VCD the Athletic against Greenwich Borough. And then on Sunday, we've got Cray Wanderers against Sittingbourne. And then you move on to Boxing Day. Three games in the Bostick South East Division on, on uh, Boxing Day. Faversham against Ashford, Hastings against Sevenoaks and Whitstable against Ramsgate. Um we're going to talk about that very shortly. Before that, we're actually going to speak to a manager who is involved in a game on Saturday, on Boxing Day. Um, that is Seven Oaks Town Manager Mickey Collins. I thought that might be a bit of a short straw for them going down to Hastings, but he's quite happy with that, as you will hear. Um, he's also signed a new two-year contract uh, to stay in charge at Greatness Park. So here is Seven Oaks Town Manager Mickey Collins. Yeah, well chuffed, mate. Yeah, really pleased with it. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't a a big deal cruncher. It was, you know, we knew we knew where we were going to go with the next two or three years, and it was just, did we want to put out how long the term was going to be and so on? And and we just sort of said we'd try and get it done before Christmas. The other deal's up at Christmas, so it just in, me and Paul do things sensibly, and and we just spoke about it and said it was a good time to do it. It gives the fans a bit of a lift and everyone at the club, and and then they can go into the new year concert concentrating on the new venture of getting the clubhouse over the line and I can just concentrate on what I do so perfect timing and um, yeah everyone's happy with it. Is there a, a plan in place for what you want to do during these next two years then? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, on the pitch, we just want to progress, you know, a, a rate that we can afford and, and how we go about things. So if it means, you know, we just consolidate for this year and push on as high as we can and then next year, see if we can improve. Um, and then we'll take it from there. And then really it's off the pitch is the guys just getting something concrete on the floor with, with the with the clubhouse and, and where we move the next stage. Because I think what once that's achieved, and, and we even if we, you know, we haven't built it yet, but we've got to a point where, you know, we're pushing that forward, it takes the club to another level, and then, obviously, that, that helps me, and then off we go again. Last time we spoke was just after you'd lost at Faversham, you said you said quite a bit to learn at, at this sort of level, and it, and it looks like you've learned it, because you certainly picked up some results lately. Yeah, we yeah we did. Yeah, that was that was a quite a, that was a low day, and then I think we went to three bridges, and that was even lower. It was a bit similar to Saturday with without being snowed on. But it was um, yeah, we had to you know I said this before. It's it's strange, but when you win a league title, you, all you concentrate on is is what you're doing in your league. And I never paid much attention to the league above, and you know I'd played in it probably ten years before at the age of about thirty seven, and and maybe I should have, maybe I should have thought about it before. Maybe I should go and watch some of them games, but I didn't really because. It's a bit embarrassing if you don't actually go up. So, um, you know, we, we, we 
winged it a bit and we listened to advice and it just never worked out and apart from that Faversham game when you guys were there, there there's other games that we actually played alright we just never got any points and and then eventually we managed to get the first three at VCD and then um, you know we went on went on that nine game unbeaten run which was incredible and and now I feel like we found our feet Saturday was a blip and, and we just never showed up and fair play at sitting ball and they, they were desperate for three points and wanted it more than us And but I know where we need to be and where we need to go to improve. And, you know, it's a, it's a slow burner now. We took the pressure off ourselves a little bit and just go and enjoy it now. You look back at Saturday, obviously a disappointing result. It was a hard place to go. Horrible place. I'd imagine that was pretty vile on Saturday, was it? <laughs> You're talking about the conditions. <laughs> the conditions. And, and because of where it is, you know, it, it is out on a limb. And I've been up there in, in all, to, all times of the year and it's always cold up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a small pitch. It's quite a confined pitch. And you know what? You go there and, and if they're up for it and, and they really want it, and they did fair play to them, you know, they came out, they blitzed us. Seven minutes, we were caught cold, cold, literally. And they were 2-0 up and then you're chasing it a bit. And there was, you know, there was a couple of decisions that were were a bit poor. And, uh, you know, I don't want to berate referees, but it, it was poor and it could have changed the game. And it never went our way. And so, you know, take that on the chin and move on. But they were worthy of their 3-0 at, at half time, And then second half we came out but it was awful conditions and then to have to go in and have the um the unfortunate bit of cold showers as well not acceptable really but you know there are things that happen that's football take it on the chin and as the guys said and we'll we, you know we'll train tonight and we'll say you know what they've got to come back to us so when they come to us we'll um you know we'll try our hardest to um overturn that i suppose after a full one defeat you'd have, you'd have quite fancied the game saturday wouldn't you Probably, probably, but we've got a busy Christmas period, so you know what, you look at the two games over Christmas and sometimes you can just do it with a rest and we've got injuries, you know, we've had, you know, the goalies come off after a horrendous tackle on, on a really high tackle on Saturday, which is one of the incidents, and then two minutes later the same player breaks Tom Ripley's nose in horrendous, you know, elbow, so you know what, you, you need to nurse made a little bit now, so uh, you know, it won't do us the, the you know too much harm, and you know we, we'll concentrate on getting ready for Boxing Day, and then we'll go to Hastings and enjoy our day. What do you make of the the change to the Christmas schedule? Because normally in this league, it's it's you play every game, but this time you you've got a bit of a break, and some teams are only playing once over the next couple of weeks. It's a bit strange, isn't it? It's a little bit strange because I was always aware of the Bostick plan. You know, quite a lot of Tuesdays and midweek games, and that's been a little bit strange. You know, we've been training twice a week, which is great. But, you know, last week we had a, my mate Steve King came down with Welling United and we had a friendly with him. And, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. And, and not the Christmas period, the same thing. It's, yeah, I, I can see why they've done it and I totally understand it. And they're trying to reduce travelling and, and midweek travelling, which is great. We've all got jobs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Christmas was always, you know, New Year's Day, Boxing Day, and as many as you could fit in. And, um, and maybe, you know, people are going for a bit more quality and hopefully Hastings will get themselves a massive crowd on Boxing Day because they haven't got that much football. So, you know, maybe it helps teams and that maybe it helps and brings a bit more revenue in, which is all important. And, and Hastings away, is that a short straw for Seven Oaks? Wouldn't you rather play someone a bit closer? Or are they as pretty much as close as it gets, I suppose? Not far from us, is it? Some of the boys coming out of London from us, it's a bit of a trek, but it's Boxing Day, isn't it? As long as you don't go too mad on Christmas Day, which is one of those you've got to rely on your players to be sensible. Um, you know, it'll be great. It'll be, be a big crowd, I reckon, five, six hundred, and, and the pitch will be excellent. As long as the weather stays good, it should be perfect down there. And yeah, it's, you know what? And, and again, John, there's, there's no pressure on us, you know? So, you know, Hastings have you know signed a few lately, and they're looking to push on and try and get all-mate promotion. So, 
the pressure's all on them, and it's certainly, you know, beyond Cray Wanderers on the 29th as well, they need three points, where, if, you know, if we come out of the Christmas period with nothing, it's not the end of the world to us. I was going to say about Cray, I mean, that they're a long way clear at the top, they, they seem like a very good side, and that's a, a tough one for you in between Christmas and New Year. Oh, very tough. You know, they are a good side and they pass the ball well. And, you know, well, that, that's that's definitely going to be tough. But, you know what, we, as I say, we go there, game plan on both games and see if we can come out of it. And if we come out of it with anything, then, you know what, we, it'll be a positive. And I suppose if, if Father Christmas were to ask, you just won three points on Boxing Day, do you? I'll, I'll take three out of six, 100%. Yeah, right now, yeah, I would take that. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, on either game, I'm not fussed about that. But either way, I would, um, yeah, three points would be amazing because um, that's a tough ask. We think it's, it's sensible to to split the games, Matt. Um, I, I kind of see his point there. But if I look at the spreadsheet that I made, I know you love a spreadsheet. I might send I do it to you later. You love a spreadsheet. I know you love a spreadsheet. But I look at some of these teams, and I look at, for example, I look at Herm Bay, who play at home on the 22nd which is a day that traditionally is you get small crowds and then all they've got between now and January the 5th is one away game at Sittingbourne I can't see that that's going to do these clubs any good financially is it? No if they're not going to have one a week off don't play the Saturday before Christmas surely that's the, the sensible thing right we know two days or three days before Christmas a lot of people are going to be out chaos in doing their final shopping let's not have a game then and then give other sides to play on the other days. That would make more sense to me. Because, you know, Herne Bay, I know that home form has been pretty poor. There's going to be no income coming into that club at all in that point. And it just, to me, it makes no sense at all. I don't know if the clubs, the clubs must have been asked about this. What, what are we going to do? Do you want to play over Christmas? But maybe it's been an agreement. But I'm hoping that people have some sense and maybe next year they, they reverse it from that point of view. If you're not going to, you don't have to have four games over the Christmas. Don't play the Saturday before Christmas. Let people have time off. When you, as you say, John, people might not be have other things on rather than going to the football. But we know the 26th is a football day. The, the 29th before New Year's and New Year's Day that people want to watch football. So uh, that's what I would have done on that particular routine. I, I agree with you. I think Boxing Day is a day where you, you always look at the football fixtures that you want to see big games, and and you know for these. For your non-league club, when you've got people coming to the area, you know, having a look around the place and, you know, you might have people who don't want to go far. So, for example, you know, a Sittingbourne or a, a Ramsgate could do really well with a home game on Boxing Day. But instead, all we've actually got in involving Kent teams is Faversham against Ashford. That should be a big game. That should join a big crowd. Uh, Ramsgate, Whitsville against Ramsgate and that Seven Oaks game. Now, I, I just think that there's so many missed opportunities for you, the likes of Herne Bay, Hive Town. Cray Wanderers. It would have been nice for them to have a game. And and Phoenix Sports, we should mention as well, who in those four possible dates of fixtures have got one game, and that's on a Sunday, at home to VCD Athletic on Sunday the 30th of December. I mean, it just doesn't seem to make any sense, and it'll be interesting to see if any of these clubs do sort of feel a bit of a pinch from this. Uh, I think you probably, you probably will do as well. Um, you know, you could say that if the weather normally returns in January, you could say that games will be called off but sides may look at it start at the beginning of February or middle of February and might have had about three games in, in about eight to nine weeks so I think it, it just doesn't make sense as particularly as the Roman League seems to play a lot of games midweek as well or every week till at least the middle of November it just it just doesn't make sense if they, I, I, 
surely uh, we've seen a lot of derby games. I know there's a lot of Kent sides in this, and maybe they're thinking that midweek games you get better gates than Christmas, but I just I just can't fathom out what it is, and it's not going to non-league has that has that, has that appeal to it, and it, it, people want to watch football in non-league. But if they look down, you, you fixture this, and there's nobody, there's no games on. It just doesn't make sense. No, exactly. And um, Mickey Collins, obviously, we spoke to him um, about that and, and other things, and and good to see him getting a, a, a new contract and being able to continue the good work that he's doing at Seven Oaks. Yeah, I quite like the interesting point he, he said about the um, game there. That he, he he was shocked by the level above because he didn't go and watch many games because you'd be concerned that people think, oh, he's been a little bit clever. And I think maybe he's learned from that a little bit, not going in to watch it. Um, they've had some ups and downs in the. Um, in the division, but with Seven Oaks as a club, you know, with the three G surface and giving him a two year contract for going in the right direction, and you mentioned about their trying to build a stand or something to get some better facilities in there. So it's a wise decision. Um, but are they doing? Could they be doing a little better? I thought they might be doing a little bit better from that point of view. But Mickey Collins is easily the man to do that. Knows the club, um, can, can develop a player, and I think it's a, a wise decision for Seven Oaks. And I look forward to see how they can progress over the next two years with Mickey Collins. Interesting, his contract was up over Christmas. So, if they had a poor season, do you think they'd have pulled the trigger on it, that John? I don't think they would have done. Cause I think that no. he's done such a good job there. He's been there a long time. Um, and, you know, getting them out of that league w- was a big thing. And, and, you know, as he said, when I saw them against um, uh, against Faversham, they were poor that day and they just needed to get a win. And they seem to have, apart from Saturday when they lost at Sittingbourne, they seem to have built up a little bit and had a, a good run. So, um, you know, it's. Uh, it's 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 interesting, but I'm I'm pleased that he's got the chance to to do it. It was you know it was on good form. He, he I called him and he was bu- he was busy. He said I'll call you straight back. And you know he's he, he a nice fella, Mickey Collins. I know he, he divides opinion with some people, but I always take people as I find them. And, and top man, and, and I hope that it continues to be a success for him. Yeah, I think he's got the the um, the club in his heart. So you know he's been successful at the uh, Kent League level. Now he wants to take that into. Uh, the Devon Bostick South East Division, and I think he could be successful. And as we've seen this season, you know, with all our sides changing managers, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I think that stability that Seven Acts have got off the field uh, with Mickey is uh, absolute key to their success. Yeah, and also um, just while I'm on the Eastman League as well, on their website, having lost um, their former uh, chairman Alan Turvey, and um, the league has also lost their um, their statistician uh, Mike Wilson who um, had not been particularly well over the last few months, from Dartford as well, Mike Wilson, um, passed away last week um, due to, after after a long illness. Um, his funeral is going to be held in early um, early January. But it's um, been, been a tough year for the for the Eastman League, losing people. And But, you know, statisticians, Matt, I know you're a, a bit of a geek and you have a spreadsheet and, and they're people who can never be taken for granted, can they? No, no, I think people do a brilliant job from that and, it's a sad thing. The Eastman League is moving, you know, have to build from these people. But as we've known in, in clubs and leagues, these people do it sort of for the love of the game. And uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a real sad loss for the Eastman League uh, from, from, what, from what he did. Um, yeah, and again, he did it for the love of the game and giving those people... It, that's what makes non-league great, I think. So uh, and we wish condolences to, to his friends and family. Exactly, we do. Uh, looking back at Saturday's games in the Bostick South East, we've already heard about uh, Sittingbourne's 4-1 win over Seven Oaks, which Mickey Collins was not best pleased about. But goals galore uh, all over the place, to be fair, over the weekend. Um, it was Guernsey 1, Whitstall 1. 
VCD went down 2-1 at Hastings. Herne Bay 2, East Grinstead Town 5. Um, Horsham 4, Cray Wanderers 2. Phoenix Sports 2, Faversham 2. Ramsgate 1, Ashford United 3. And Whiteley 4, Hightown 3. Hightown in a, a bit of a bad run at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, interestingly, the school goals, but conceding it, I don't know, you know, what's um, gone wrong there. Um, we're out of the playoffs now, I take it, from that point of view, so they need to get back on the horse, and I see maybe the um, uh, the sort of linking with the striker who scored a lot of goals in there, Ansar, answer Yeah. striker, yep, um, scored a lot of goals, maybe, can't seen his name too much on the score sheet, really, maybe there's a little bit of pressure on him that he's thinking of maybe moving into the league following Alfie May so I'm sure he's had a decent year since he came in probably nine ten months ago Sam Denley into that role so uh, he'll be picking it up and I'm sure they can be successful and Craig Wanderers that was of course their first defeat of the season first defeat of the season yeah that was was interesting as well Um, we saw them do well then it sort of tailed off at the end of last year they're back in action on Sunday I think you said so um yeah, it's disappointing from that point of view, but they have to lose at some stage. Now the most important thing is get back on the horse and uh, try and get three points at home, which we know they're very good at. Yeah, lost lost a third place Horsham on Saturday, so not too bad. And they are at home to Sittingbourne on Sunday, which is a game that they will no doubt be looking to win at Hayes Lane. <coughs> I'll tell you, I've edited you out a lot. Of, Christmas cold as well. Well, I'm editing out a lot of coughing and spluttering here, um, listeners. So um, yeah. you know, just just be warned that. Um, should be glad that you're not actually here with us for for a change, because otherwise it could be quite um, unpleasant for you. We'll don't, want be, don't want to be ill over Christmas, do we? Really? No, that's the worst thing. That's the last thing you want. Um, into the Southern Counties East League. Um, looking back at Saturday's fixtures, if the results page ever wants to load. On. Maidstone have just taken the lead, John. Oh, Breaking Maidstone in. have taken the lead. Three already. working two and Sub Wilder Haviland. Well, Maidstone three Woking two. So uh, in that competition, it looks like Maidstone will be. Do they get the next round? We well, see the main header Oxford, who's replay much like Haven and Dover fell foul. That was of called the off today. today. So yeah. Oh, that's, again, it's competition that Maidstone may think it's can work in their favour. He seems a, a cup manager, doesn't he? Uh, uh, Harry Wheeler with them there. So uh, for injury, well, it's good to see a Kent through. So through, hopefully. Yeah, into the Southern Counties East League. Um, on Saturday, it was Bearsted 2, Croydon 1, Beckenham 2, Deal Town 1, Canterbury City 1, Glebe nil, Chatham 3, Hollands and Blair 1, uh, Corinthian beat Irritown 3-0 and Leaders Fisher absolutely pummeled Crowborough Athletics 6-0. Um, it was K-Sports 1, AMC Croydon 1, Sheppard United with 3-2 winners at Punjab with Luke Medley getting two of those goals after arriving at Holme Park. Uh, Rustle nil, Lordswood 4 and Tunbridge Wells resurgence continued. Um, with a 1-1 draw against Cray Valley. 201 people there as well at the Colverdon. Um, only just not too many more than 179 at Chatham for the derby with Helens, with Hollands and Blair. Yes, a good, good. Yeah, Tunbridge Wells, you know, you can see what they're, if they were doing well, well, that's turned the corner a little bit of late, what the support they get. It's a good attendance for that division in December as well. But, uh, yeah, good result for Fisher though, isn't it? You know, seem to be on a bit of a juggernaut at the moment, really, yeah. Uh, Doing well. Uh, do we class them as Ken? It's it's a tough one. That they're very they're very much in London, aren't they? But they are top of the league, so maybe we should claim them as one of ours. Yeah, but they're looking they're looking good. Chatham again. I still feel if they can go on a bit of a run, they've still got games in hand. Still quite a tight division. Game Fisher, Fisher and Beckenham have the points on the on the board, but Deal will be disappointed if they've got a point against Beckenham and they put them in the mix. But 
still a little bit of trouble. They're having a decent season, but still seems quite a tight division in this. And I've got no idea how the fixtures work for this. Do these guys play over Christmas, John? Um, so, yeah, there's a full programme on Saturday. There's one game on Boxing Day and then a full programme the following Saturday. Uh, who's playing on Boxing Day? Uh, the Boxing Day game is Sheffield United against Canterbury City, which is a one o'clock kickoff over on the island. Um, on Saturday, it's AFC Croydon against Croydon. We don't cover them, but that's a, a derby for you. Um, <laughs> the Croydon derby, the Croydon massive derby. The Croydon massive as well, yeah. Um, Beckenham against Corinthian is a one o'clock kickoff. Cray Valley against Chatham, Deal against Beersted, Irith against Fisher, Glebe against Rustall, Hollands and Blair against Canterbury, Lordswood against Tunbridge Wells, Punjab against Crowborough, and Sheppey United against K Sport. So some some big games there. And Beckenham against Corinthian, the early kickoff, another early kickoff for you, Matt. And that sounds like it'd be a really good game because Corinthian aren't far off the top, are they? No, they know if they get a result in that, that's um, moving really close. But yeah, some some interesting games coming up uh, in this division. So. A bit like every sort of division we're seeing, we might see a little bit more from there. Um, but also going back, you mentioned Luke Medley. I think he was manager at somewhere. Was he manager at Green, Greenwich Borough? Yeah. Going to Sheffield, come in, scored twice in his day. He still knows what he can do at this level. So, um, yeah, it's still interesting times to come in the scaffold again. We thought somebody Beckenham would go and run away with it. Maybe they're going to find their form in there. But another interesting division, what we do is, from that point of view, and again, if you if you trying to match match the game, some of these sides would really look for some support if you can get there. The Beckenham Corinthian game, one pm kickoff. I don't know if there's anybody close. You can finish that and go and see the second half of another game. Well, indeed, yeah, you might be able to nip and go somewhere. Maybe Cray Valley's not too far from there. Yeah. I don't think, or Irith, perhaps. Yeah, so, so um, you might be able to do that. Good for the ground hoppers. And also Glebe, I suppose, is not too far down no, the road. No, no. So yeah, you might be able to see if second half of one of the game. I don't know what the weather's going to be like this weekend, but hopefully it's not as bad as. As it was last Saturday. In the uh, in the Scaffold Division One, um, Wellington lead is down to just four points, and Brighton Ropes have a game in hand on them after Wellington were beaten three 0 at third place Kennington, who are, who are only seven points behind Wellington with two games in hand. Um, elsewhere, it was FC Elmstead one, Brighton Ropes two, Holmesdale two, Kent Football United two, Snodden Town bottom of the league but four 0 winners over Meridian VP and Stansfeld three, Rochester. Uh, United won while the game between uh, Forest Hill Park and Greenways was abandoned with the score of 0-0 at half-time due to the weather. A um, few games in there on Saturday as well. Everything Belvedere against SC Thamesmead, Greenways against Kent Football United, Lidtown against Snodden Town, Meridian against Holmesdale, Rochester United against Kennington, Sutton Athletic against Forest Hill Park and the leaders Wellington take on FC Elmstead. And that is it. We've been through pretty much every game that's going to be happening in non-league over the next uh, few weeks. We've got three minutes to go in that game between uh, Maidstone and Woking, Matt. So we may as well keep talking for three more minutes, I reckon, to uh, to see what we can do. Will Havilland scoring four minutes from time there. Um, so we may as well see if, if Maidstone are going to make it through, mightn't we? Well, yeah, we, we should do, yeah. I think uh, ahead of that, Swan, that's a good result against the Woking side. Woking, not my favourite side. So hopefully Watford can give them an absolute pummeling in the FA Cup. So... Uh, Good to see them go. I've got a good cup side, Woking, but they've done a good season. But I think uh, maybe this games may affect their league form, which hopefully is good for them. Well, I'm just thinking about Aldershot reading up on here, John, that they've only got 10 fit players for the game on Saturday they've got at the moment. They seem to be a club in crisis, which could work in our, our boys' favour, Dover and Maystone. If, if, if Aldershot, who may lose the manager as well and seem to have financial problems, they seem to be one of the... The National League normally has one side that seems to have a rocky road and seems it could be Aldershot this year. Indeed, I can tell you that in the last 15 seconds, Maidstone United have confirmed 
their place in the second round of the FA Trophy. 3-2 after extra time. Goals from Michael Phillips, Jake Cassidy and that one from Will de Havilland taking them through into the second round where they'll play either Maidenhead or Oxford at home on Saturday, January the 12th. So that's great news for them. Um, all that really remains now then to say, Matt, is, well, have a very nice Christmas, my friend. Thank you very much, and, you, and yourself, and... Uh... Well, peace to everybody out there and hopefully everybody else has a nice Christmas and uh, hopefully your guests have a nice Christmas as well. We'll have to find out what they're doing. Are they visiting relatives or just what deciding to move away for something? I think they're from uh, they're from uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe as well, so it oh. uh, could be interesting, but we shall find out. I've, I've managed to get through. Um, this is the first um, phone call I've actually made on my new phone, so that's exciting. Oh, oh you've got big, have you? Um, yeah, if anyone knows why the photos from my old phone have not made their way over to my new one yet, please um, send me a message on Twitter. I'd really like to be I thought these phones, if you put them side by side, it just transfers all the data. Over. It Did hasn't do that? done the pictures yet. It's done everything else, but not the pictures. So fingers oh, crossed that'll get sorted oh, out soon. You work in IT, can't you fix it? Apple, Apple are a different, different kettle of fish, mate, these days, you know. Uh, yes, no, I can't fix it. Normally, uh, we do. I do look after the phones, but you know, people normally take pictures of their own personal phones, personal things, rather than work-related things. So I tell them to sort it out themselves, which is not good support. So if you are listening to this process, I normally give good support. Of course you do. Um, right, so yeah, thanks to Jamie Coyle and Mickey Collins for chatting to me um, for the podcast. And Merry, Merry Christmas to everyone. You can get in touch with us on social media, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non-League. If you want to send us any Christmas greetings, I'm at John Phipps 81 and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerrard. Uh, we'll also see him talking about Dortmund, who've lost their uh, unbeaten... Yeah, I've, yeah, I've watched that this evening, yeah. I watched my friend from Doha, long story, came over. We watch that, so they've lost in that in that as well. So yeah, not very good, not a good day really. So uh, for Dortmund, but they're still doing pretty well at the top of the table. So and it looks like uh, Blackpool, Solihull have gone out and not going to be playing Arsenal. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could be the man- next man- next the temporary manager of Manchester United. The did world not, has gone mad. Give it to Roy Keane. That's what I say. Did not see that one coming at all. And Mourinho, obviously, I, I, I'm not surprised that he's gone. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a very, very left field pick. But anyway, um, thanks to Matt, as always, for giving up his time to chat. Um, and thanks to my lovely other half, Hayley, for sitting about three rooms away and not yelling abuse at me. And I think she shut the door so she can't actually hear me anyway. But she did let me have uh, just the, the best part of an hour out to come and do the podcast this week. So Merry Christmas to her. Merry Christmas to all of you. And we will try and do something between Christmas and New Year. But for now, thanks for listening and Merry Christmas. Ding dong, merrily on high. I want to try and find that venison burger. I'm guided on this out on that, Sadie. <laughs>